Today's the 14th, and you know I like to do a drive-by through Proverbs before I start into the message. So I picked one out of, of chapter 14, I picked, picked verse 6. The mocker seeks wisdom and finds none, but knowledge comes easily to the discerning. If you missed last week, um, we're actually spending some time now looking at the attributes of God through the eyes of a child, from the perspective of a child. And the reason we're doing this is because Jesus said something that was really pretty amazing. The circumstances were that he was, he was in a place and parents were bringing their kids to Jesus. The word says that they wanted him to touch their, their child and, he, and they were hope, I think they were hoping to experience something of the power and the promise of God. And uh, the disciples saw this going on and they got a little bit worked up over it and they started saying, no, no, get away. You can't do this. Do you realize this is the son of God? He's too important. Back up. And Jesus, of course, saw that going on, and he got a, just a, a scratch agitated about that. And um, he said, hold it, hold it, hold it. Get out of their way. You better let them come here. You have no idea what you're, what you're talking about here. And then he says in Mark 10, verse 15, he says, I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. We must receive the kingdom of God like a little child. And, you know, um, I, think, uh, I think there are probably are people hearing this or listening today maybe that are still trying to sort out this whole church and God thing. Um, you know, there's, there are questions in your mind and you know there's something to be pursued and understood and yet um, you don't really feel like you have a grip on it maybe yet. And Jesus is basically saying, you know what? This isn't about what you know. This isn't about the process of acquiring knowledge. You've got to, at some point, get past your list of questions and be like a little child. Not throw away your intellect, not throw away reason, not throw away wisdom, but throw away the standards that requires that you get everything off of your checklist. I mean, I've known people who have said, well, I, I cannot, I mean, I, I know God is good and I know, um, I know about God and I've seen things go on that I know were, were God, but until I get the answer to why there are kids starving in Africa, I just can't have open my heart to the Lord. I just can't get there until I get those questions answered. And it may not be kids in Africa. It might be why a family member experienced a tragedy or something that they witnessed or some heartbreak. But until they get that answered, they're just not going to move forward with the kingdom of God. And Jesus just wades right into the middle of that and he says, you know, unless your heart can become like a little child, faith-filled, trusting, you'll never receive the kingdom of God. And there's, a, there's an active word there, receive the kingdom of God. It's not what you know about it. It's actually receiving something. It's actually taking and, and, and apprehending something that you don't hold today. And um, um, that's a completely different sermon, and I'm not going to go there now, although I want to. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to go there now other than to say that if you're searching, there's a point where you just need to say, okay, I'm going to table all this stuff, and I'm going to become like a little child. And at some point, God, you and I are going to have to have some tough questions answered. And I think that's good with God, by the way. I think he, I think he wants you to go to him with your tough questions. He doesn't duck, 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 does not duck tough questions. But at some point, you've got to set that aside and say, I'm going to do this your way, God, instead of mine, and become childlike. Because anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never, ever enter it. And so 
there's some innocence and some faith that has to happen. And I, I want to talk today about one of the attributes of God through the lens of a child, and I want to talk about the presence of God. Now, we grown-ups have some big words to, to describe the presence of God. We say the omnipresence. God is everywhere all the time and, and so forth, including hanging out with Terry and hanging out with you. Um, but a child would never say omnipresence. You don't hear them use that phrase. They would just get real simple and direct and say, um, God, you know, God is with me. God, my God is with me. And um, he's not just everywhere, but he's actually a very personal God who's with me. And to them, that presence really, really matters. Here's an example. I mean, you know, I have this habit of telling you about all of my immaturities and I'm going to tell you about another one now. And this is terrible parenting. Don't do this. Don't try this at home. I'm a professional teaser. But don't try this at home. I mean, my, my, my kids, not my daughter so much as my sons, I would do this to them. And it would be time to take the garbage out, and it might be dark outside. And I'd say to them, <laughs> I'd say to them these bone-chilling words, you know, hey, um, would you mind taking out the garbage, but be careful because I thought I heard a noise. <laughs> I told you it was terrible and you shouldn't do it. That's not an example. Those of you that are laughing, you know, you get me, don't you? Yeah. I know my, my boys right now are just, look at, look at the look I'm getting from both of them. It's like, I can tell they're kind of creeped out. And the truth is, I'd say that to them and then if I had to go out there by myself, I was kind of creeped out too. You know? And if I had gone with them to the garbage can, they would have been fine. Because there's something about your presence that makes a difference to them. It makes all the difference in the world. I love the promises of God. Isaiah 41.10 says this, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Do not fear, God says, I am with you. And Hebrews 13.5 has, here's a promise, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. And you don't have to be afraid if you have childlike faith because God is, always, God is always with me. And when you truly internalize that, you'll have this confidence, you'll have a peace about what is going on in your life because you know that God is with you. He's for you. He's working in all things to bring about your good. And you'll have this confidence because um, you're, this, your God is with you. I, I, when I was in third grade, I was going to the Loma Vista elementary school in Spokane. And um, so uh, I was a fast little kid. I mean, I would run fast. And there was a thing going on in the playground. It happened in, in, at recess every day. The kids, almost all the kids in school, they'd go to a certain point between these buildings and they would, they would have a start line and the kids would line up and there would be a race, a foot race, and they would say, go. And the, you know, the ones in the race, would there might be five or six in the race at the time. They'd run. They would touch the building at the other end and come back and cross the line and there'd be a winner. And there were two boys who were in the fifth grade who always won. And I decided to jump into the game in third grade. And I beat them. And I beat them repeatedly. And they didn't like that. And they were humiliated because I was this fast little kid. And they couldn't do anything to me because they didn't catch me. But they, the, word, the, the word on the, on the street you know, was they were going to pound me. And when you've been told as a third grader that the fifth graders are going to pound you, I don't know what that means, but it's not good, right? It's like pound, 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 done. And um, so I was kind of spooked. Well, on my way home from school, I walked past David Coyle's house. Now, 
If you had been in my class, you had heard of David Coyle. The Coyles, I don't know what the deal was at their house. I think they ate raw meat. I think he killed dogs with his bare hands. I mean, David Coyle, kids were afraid of him. And one day I was riding my bicycle down the hill in front of David Coyle's house. Do you remember where they lived? You don't remember, do you? Well, it was a big deal to me because I was afraid of David Coyle. And, um, you know, he was there. I'd walk this way. And uh, one day I'm riding my bicycle down the street and his German shepherd runs out in front of me and I T-bone the dog. I mean, okay, it was a full-grown German shepherd. What are they, 100 pounds? And I'm on my little bicycle, and I'm this little guy. I hit the dog, knocked the dog down, but frankly, it stopped my bicycle, but did not stop me, and I did one of these things. And I landed in the street, cut kind of scraped up. There's a mama's groan. Oh, it's okay, honey. And, and so I kind of picked myself up. But even then, I had, the, I had a thing about dogs. You know, I, I realized how superior they were to cats. So Amen. <laughs> it's been a while since I've done a cat shot. You, you, you too will forgive me. I know eventually you will. So, I mean, I had a thing. So I, I looked at the dog. I felt bad. So I'm petting the dog, and I'm talking to the dog. Well, that's when David Coyle happened to come around the corner. He sees his dog kind of in a pile, my bicycle in a pile in front of the dog, but me petting and talking to his dog. Well, for some reason, he didn't see the bicycle. He just saw me caring about his dog. He wanted to be my friend. <laughs> you know, David Coyle is not going to kill me. That's a pretty cool deal. So the very next day, on the playground, the fifth graders who were going to pound me, I'm walking with David Coyle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe you've seen this movie or, or not, but, but this was my deal. You want to come through me? You want to pound me? Here, talk to my bodyguard. <laughs> and, you know, nobody was going to do anything to Terry because he was with me. Because he was with me. And the problem here is that so many of you, even you committed Christians, you don't really believe it. You may have an intellectual, you know, theological understanding that, yeah, God's everywhere, but you don't really, really, really down deep believe that he's with you. And, I, you know, I think, I think our understanding about God being with us has changed between, you know, over the course of the Old Testament to the New Testament. I mean, in the Old Testament, God would show himself and, and God would say, I would be with you. And a lot of times what that meant was that he was on your side and that he, is, he would fight the battle for you and so he'd be with you. And then in the New Testament, um, God sends his son Jesus. And we read about this in the Christmas story where he's named Emmanuel, which means God with us, right. All of a sudden, it's changed to not only God being for you and fighting battles for you, um, but now he's physically in our presence. Jesus has come, and he's physically in our presence, and um, that's a pretty good deal. And then, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of theology, and we could dig on this for a while. Um, in the beginning, it was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. You see all that in, in, in the book of John? He wasn't just this ethereal. He was there. And then it even gets better. 
Jesus, who was present with us physically, he says, hey, I got to leave, but, that's, but the good part about this is so I can send the comforter who will be with you always. Things got better every one of those steps. And he would say, I mean, I'm not just going to be by your side. I'm not going to just be in you know, my physical presence, but my spirit's going to dwell with you. He's promising you that no matter where you are, God is going to never leave you and never forsake you. And when you choose the faith of a child and believe my God is with me, it changes everything about how you view life. It just changes everything. Hey, where'd my granddaughter go? (laughs) I want her presence with me. So what I want to do today is talk about if God is with us, what can we do to be with him? I want to talk about what we do to be with God. How can we just have a moment? How can we, you know, for this God who's always with us, how can we internalize this truth and actually walk in relationship with God? What's the deal? How do we do that? So I want to give you four very simple biblical truths about how to be with God. I'm going to start that. Um, thinking like a simple child, um, the first thing I want to encourage every one of us to do is just talk to God. Talk to him. Just talk to him. Now, you'll notice that I didn't say pray to God. And the reason is that is because I think for a lot of people, um, although it's actually the same as talking to God, I think, I think it sometimes it's confusing and maybe even a bit intimidating. It, it, it just is for some people. I mean, some people think, I don't know how to pray. I'm embarrassed when I do it. What do I call God? Do I say, oh, Heavenly Father or Magnificent Creator of the Universe or the Sustainer of my soul or the one who breathes into me the breath of life? Those things are all true. <laughs> but that's not how we talk to each other when we're sitting at the table, right? I mean... And tradition can sometimes get in the way of authenticity. Here's an example. Since this is Aunt Bethany's 80th Christmas, I think she should lead us in the saying of grace. Oh, oh great. Oh. What, dear? Grace! Grace! She passed away 30 years ago. They want you to say grace. The blessing. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. 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 <laughs> and you have sat maybe through prayer sometime where maybe someone whose tradition was different than yours and they were more diligent about praying at the table. And sometimes it felt maybe real sincere, but other times it maybe it felt like it was more tradition than authentic relationship. And um, I mean, sometimes maybe you've heard other people prayer, pray and you hear them pull out their prayer voice, right? Yeah. You know, their prayer voice be like this. Oh, loving wife, Lisa, the mother of my children, the woman of my dreams. Pass the salt, please. I mean, can you imagine talking to other people like that? I, I mean, I think it's really our heart to... 
properly honor God, but I think he would be more honored by relationship than by pretense, by, by, by just authentic talk. And I think, you know, imagine next time you go through Dairy Queen, use your prayer voice to place your order, right? <laughs> just, no, I'm, I'm, I can get lost in those kinds of examples. <laughs> but you don't have to become somebody different to talk to God. You shouldn't be somebody different when you talk to God. Talk to him. Just talk to him. Hey, God, I'm really hungry, and this, even though it's Burger King, this chicken sandwich looks really good. Thanks. I think God likes that. I think he likes the fact that you're grateful to him because it didn't come from Burger King and that you just express it in a way that, that makes sense to you. So I want to encourage you to just make it simple and authentic, you know, and just, just talk to him just like you would to a friend. I, I love the way David um, phrased this and he's talking to the Lord in Psalm 54 too. He says, hear my prayer, O God, Listen to the words of my mouth. I'm just going to talk to you, God. Listen to my words. And then, you know, I, I say to you, I, I have felt, I felt guilty for a long, long time. I don't feel guilty about this anymore. But I used to feel guilty for a long, long time because I didn't have an hour of prayer every day because after all, I'm Pastor Terry. So I should have this. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Um, but I learned that I actually pray more if what I do is have an ongoing chat with God all day long. I pray way more. It just goes on, you know. I'm walking along and I'll say, God, you know, what, what is it, what's the wise thing here? Or God, I just saw something painted on the face of that gal in the checkout counter. And yeah, it was a lot of long line there, but there was more than just busyness, you know. How can I pray for her? And, and I know, I mean, thanks for the opportunity to do this. I mean, I, I just, it's just an ongoing thing. I'll be thinking of my kids and I'll pray for my kids and it's out of nowhere. And uh, you might say things like, well, I just don't know what to talk about. And Paul gives some ideas. He gives us some, some clues from the Philippians and gives us good direction. So Philippians 4, 6, and 7, he says, verse 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. So, God, I got this geometry exam. I know a lot of you have geometry exams. I got this geometry exam, and I don't get that hypotenuse is equal to the sum of the square of the legs. Did I get that right? Um, or, Lord, my hamster got out, and I don't, can't find it. There's a hamster in my house. Or, you know, you know Lord, my marriage, it, it could be better. And I'm part of the problem, and I, I just need your help. Or, God, we have that picnic coming up, and that cousin, that difficult cousin is coming. I want to throttle him every time he's there. And, you know, you know what I'm talking about, because every family has one difficult cousin. If you don't have a difficult cousin in your family, you're the cousin, okay? <laughs> so you, you just pray about everything, <laughs> and you tell God what you need. And you just say what you need. Verse 7, and it says, Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. What a great promise that is. So because, because God's with me, I'll talk to him. Um, just talk to him. Set, number two thing is, since God's with you, you should listen to him as well. You know, I think, I think even 
I think sometimes even a lot of committed Christians would say, well, I've never actually heard God's voice. I mean, I'm listening for it. And that kind of can translate out, we're waiting to hear something that sounds like James Earl Jones, right? You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) You know, we're waiting to hear this, hey, Terry. You know, it's like, I think if you actually heard that, I don't know what happened to you. I don't want to hear it. I mean, I wouldn't mind hearing it, but I don't really want to hear it. I don't know what to say about that. Can you erase that from the recording? Too late. Um, but I think God speaks in a lot of different ways besides this, this Hollywood George Burns voice you know, of God. And I really believe that if you, have, if you truly have any kind of a prayer life at all, that you should spend a lot more time listening than you do talking. I think it's really, really important sometimes just to quiet yourself. Quiet yourself down, quiet your spirit, quiet your active mind and your soul, and just wait and listen to what the Spirit might be trying to say to you. So how does God speak? Unquestionably, the best and the most reliable way is right there, through his word. He will speak to you through his word. I promise, if you make this a part of your daily life, just spending a few minutes in this every day, I promise you he's going to speak to you through his word. He will. He will. I can't tell you how many times something's been going on in my life and in my daily random routine plan for how I would be in the word of God, the Lord will say something that is so specific about what's going on that it's like the Lord planned thousands of years ago the scripture just for that moment for me. You've probably experienced that if, you, if you're available to it. I mean, I know that. I mean, even this last week, Lisa and I were talking about something, a topic that we take really, really seriously. And um, we were trying to sort through a decision we had to make about something. And, and we had a default way that, a, de- a default direction that we would have gone in the past on this topic. But she said, you know, I think I'm hearing something from the Lord. And, um, and she got a little teary-eyed. And so the Lord was saying something to us to depart from what is our typical pathway. And um, I said, well, honey, I'm, I trust your ability to hear the Lord. I don't have a check in my soul. Let's go with what you've heard. Now, what she didn't tell me was that quietly and privately, she was saying, Lord, I really could use a confirmation here because this has been our life for years. This, this particular little sliver of life, you know, this has been the way we've done I could use a confirmation. The, the next morning, early in the morning, I'm, a, I'm an early bird. I'm reading, and, and I get this email, and it's got one scripture in it, Proverbs, a, a particular proverb. And that scripture spoke, it was so much in the center of the bullseye about the topic that we had talked about. It was amazing. So I read that and I thought, you know, I, knew, I typically would just move on with my day, but I kept, it kept coming to me. Finally, my, my bride's up um, making noises. And so I said, hey, honey, I, I need to share something with you. And she hadn't told me that she had asked the Lord to confirm it. I said, here's a scripture that I got on my email this morning. And it was the confirmation exactly of what she had said. She thought the word was saying, the Lord was saying to us the day before. The Lord will speak to you through his word. He'll speak to you through his word. It's like they were just definitely, and they gave us comfort. Seeing the Lord confirm it like that, you know, it guides us. God will speak to you through his word. He can also speak to you through people. He may give you wisdom from a friend or um, from a parent or from one of your leaders or an overseer at work. He can speak to you through a song. 
you know, you'll hear something on the, on the radio and it'll just, just do something to calm your soul about something or speak to you. He can speak to you through circumstances. You may think that you're supposed to do something and then you'll experience this big door come slamming shut and you'll go, oh, I thought I was supposed to go down through that hallway, but apparently not because the Lord's closed that door. Circumstances. And he can certainly speak to you through his spirit. You know, if you're a Christian and you walk with the Lord, God will lead you with his spirit and he'll, his spirit will speak to you and prompt you and guide you. And over time, you learn to recognize the voice of the spirit. Now, some of you might hear, hear me say that and say, you know, that's, that's kind of creepy. That's kind of creepy. And I understand that. If you don't think you have ever heard the Lord's voice before, here's something for you to try. Here's, it's not a challenge, it's a suggestion. Today or tomorrow, sit down with a piece of paper and a pencil and say, Lord, I'm here. Anybody you want me to pray for? You wait and see if names don't start popping on your heart. You wait and see. The Lord will give you names of people to pray for. And then if you really want to get bold, you say, okay, well, Lord, how should I pray for them? And just do it. You'll hear from the Lord, and you will... You will hear specifically about how to pray. You may not get all this really detailed. Maybe you will. Maybe you'll have a word of knowledge. I don't know. But the Lord will speak to you. He'll put on your heart. And then if you really want to have something cool happen, the next day or two, text that person or call him and say, hey, you know what? The Lord put you on my heart. And so I've been praying for you. And I'll tell you how often that's, I've done that. And they'll say, how did you know? Well, because I think God was speaking to me to pray for you. I don't know your circumstances, but I think the Lord was telling me to pray for you. And that is, that is the Lord speaking to you. And you don't just, the longer you do that, you don't just talk to him, but you listen to him and he guides you and he gives you direction. I mean, I love the way it's phrased in Isaiah 30, verse 21. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. You talk to him and you listen to him. And because my God is with me, the third thing is you will also receive from him. And the problem is for a lot of us, especially as adults, we don't really know how to receive all that well. I mean, I think, I mean, some people say, I don't even know how to receive from other people. I mean, or we hold on to pride. I'm able to help you, but I really don't know how, I don't want to ask for any help. So we're just not all that good at receiving. I mean, a lot of us are like that. I know if I asked for hands, you'd stick your hand up. But little kids are different. When was the last time you heard a little kid at, at their birthday party or Christmas saying, hey, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Don't you realize this is way too many presents? Stop it. Stop it. This is way too many. I'm only five. You know, you got to save something for someday in the future. You, know, you just don't hear that from kids. Yeah, come on. Is that it? Is that the last thing I'm going to receive? I mean, <laughs> and that was the actual topic that I mentioned before from Lisa and me um, th- this last week. Um, the Lord had blessed us in our lives, and I'm not going to go into graphic detail here because I just don't think it's appropriate, but there, he had blessed us in a specific way. And he had been, had, this is a blessing that we've kind of walked in for, for a couple of decades. And we have felt that with this blessing, that it was our heart, but also our obligation to bless, to give that away. So we enjoyed it all the while, but we, we felt like the Lord was blessing it, but we felt obligated to continually give it away. And a request had come in recently, hey, could, can we have this? And we thought, yeah, because that's what we always do. 
And that's why the tears came up. And she said, I think the Lord is telling us something different. It had nothing to do with the request. It was our heart to, to do the request. But she sensed the Lord saying, you know, in this season, at this time, this is for you to enjoy the blessing here and receive it. And that's hard to do. It's just hard to do that. When, especially when you have a habit of not doing that. You know, it's almost like the Lord said, you know what, receive it. This is my plan for this season. I'll give you some, you some other ways that I'm going to bless you that you can give away. That, don't worry about that. that. That's fine. We're not stopping that process. But this is something. Now, I, I, I just want to stop here for a minute too. If me telling you this example breaks your heart a little bit because you hear that and you say, you know, when's going to be my turn to be blessed? I just want to pray for that right now. Because I think... Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, the Lord thinks about you, about your future, and about your hope. And if you right now have heard about your pastor being blessed uh, and it makes you feel displaced or, or hurt, I, I don't want that done. That's not the Lord's plan. So I just want to address that issue. Lord, would you put something of peace upon all of us, God? We are grateful for blessings. Some of us here are in a grind, Lord, and they, they just really need to see something of the relief and the provision of heaven. Would you be Jehovah Jireh? Thank you, God. You're faithful. You're faithful in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll give you a list of a few things that you will receive from God and be, because, because he's with you. And th- frankly, this list could be a completely different sermon, but I'm not going to preach it. I'll just mention them to you because um, I think they're worth doing. It's points that could have been a sermon. God's presence gives you, will give you courage when you're afraid. Either way, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. God will give you courage when you're afraid. Another thing that his presence will give you is strength when you're weak. Another one that he'll give you is rest when you're weary. Some of you are worn out and you really could use some rest. He'll give it to you. He will. His presence will do that. Another thing that the presence of the Lord will give you is comfort when you're hurting. And I wanted to spend just a minute on that last point because I think some among us right now may be hurting, you know, maybe going through some trials or some struggles or maybe it's deep, maybe it's agony. And I want you to understand that we can literally receive from God comfort because he's with us. He'll comfort me. And there's a couple of verses, 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 and 4. Praise be to the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles. No matter what you're going through right now, and I know there's a variety of things that we face, anytime you stop in his presence, Because he's with you, he will comfort you. He's the God of all comfort and can comfort you in all your troubles. He went on to say this in Isaiah 66, 13. And I love this metaphor. As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. I'm so glad it's not as a father comforts. I mean, my kids would come in and they'd be crying and their knees would be bloody and, you know, there'd be a scrape from where I could see they took a tumble and, you know, I'd say, hey, hey, rub some dirt in that. You'll get a really cool scar, you know. <laughs> Which is different from, you know, Lisa would say, oh, honey, let me kiss your boo-boo. Here's a cookie. What a difference. <laughs> that was my viewpoint, okay? No, but he said this as a nurturing, loving mother. I'm going to give you comfort. The right kind, not the dad kind. <laughs> comfort, real Comfort. So if, you're, if you'll just stop, the presence of the Lord will bring you comfort. 
and uh, he's the God of all comfort. The fourth thing I want to talk about and, and, and that because he's with me is I'm going to enjoy his presence. I'll actually enjoy. I'm just going to enjoy his goodness and his presence. You know, it's a lot easier sometimes to enjoy something good if you're with somebody that you love and you care about. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, I feel that way. I think, it's, I think you can enjoy the things that the Lord gave you to enjoy when you're with him more than when you're not. You know, like you're driving to work and every once in a while I'm early in the morning and there'll be a sunrise that'll come up and I'll think, oh, man, God, you can just paint. I got to see some things. Um, I spent some time on a walk with Ben early in the morning on Monday this week and I saw some things that were so magnificent, just beautiful, beautiful things that the Lord had done. And, and I'm thinking, God, this is awesome. Thanks for taking time with me today to do this. And it sounds kind of weird. You know, I'm not a nature worshiper. I am not. But, um, but you know, and sometimes the person that you need him to be, he's going to be that for you in that point, And you can enjoy his presence you know, I'm, you say, God, this is just so awesome. I, I, I don't know if this is getting through or not. I mean, I mean, then you come to church and you worship and you sense the presence of the Lord and there's something of peace and whatever's pressing down on you, it kind of temporarily lifts off for a season and you're saying, God, your presence is so good. And that's when you're tender before the Lord and he's speaking to you. And, and I, I, that's why I was, what made those comments earlier about worship because I know the Lord was speaking. And I, I, I really believe that some of you just you need to take the next step and respond. I, I don't mean to use this as a point of recruitment, but some of you have heard something from the Lord during worship today, and you've heard it before. Like a couple of, couple of you men and women, something as simple as, you know, Lord, you're doing a good thing here. Church is growing. We're talking about knocking out a wall. We have to add chairs. It's crowded. And here we are in July, and the room is full. And what's it going to be like when people start coming back like they're more regular because they're not on vacation? I think I'm supposed to help ushering. And some of you have heard that from the Lord. You have. Some of you men and some of you women are thinking, okay, I don't know how to do it, but I got to smile. And I can help people who are visiting feel comfortable when they come in and I can say, well, there's the restroom discreetly without a break. Oh, you have to go to the restroom. No, so, no, I can do that well. Okay, so I got to go talk to the ushers and be a part of the team. Hey, how can I help you guys and be a part? Of Some of you heard those things and the presence of the Lord is part of that equation and you need to respond. Maybe it's a nursery. I don't know. Maybe it's the worship team. I, I don't mean to recruit through this. I'm just saying that's a fact. The presence of the Lord is going to draw you into him and he's going to put you involved in the kingdom, pushing out the walls, extending the ten pegs of the kingdom. That's part of the deal. It's just part of the deal. And when you realize he's with you, life changes. And there's a couple of verses that make this. David says in Psalm 1611, you have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Solomon said this in Proverbs 8, uh, 30. And this is a great verse. I mean, I love it. He said, I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in God's presence. That'd be a good one to memorize. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing in God's presence. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing in God's presence. Man, that's a great one to memorize, especially if you're discouraged. So how do you have a moment with God? You talk to him, you, you listen to him, you receive from him, and you enjoy him. And now don't miss the power of all this. 
Because if you can have a moment with God, if you can have just have a moment with God, then it's possible to have a minute with God. And if you can have a minute with God, then it's possible to have an hour with God. You know where I'm going, don't you? If you can have an hour with God, it's possible to have a whole day with God. That sounds pretty good. If you can have a whole day, I can keep going. You know I can keep going on this. You're going to end up with the rest of your life, day, week, month, year, your whole life. You can have that with the Lord. And then when you realize that my God is with me, then you're not going to worry so much about the things that are happening to you because you know that God is with you and he's working in you. Nothing can separate you from his love. No trouble, no hardship, no peril, no famine, no sword. That's all out of a verse, by the way. None of that can separate you. He said in Hebrews 13, he said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He's not just this all-powerful, omnipresent God. He's God with me and is God with you. Have faith like a child to believe. Your God is with you. Let's pray. God, today I just have on my heart this sense that you just want us to believe more like a child and less with sophistication. It's not leaving our intellect at the door so much as our checklist. And Lord, I just thank you that you have shown yourself time and time again. Lord, I pray for those that we've touched, those that, that, that we've touched on today whose hearts have been broken or are weary or there's a squeeze going on. And Lord, I just ask for you just to saddle up next to them. Your word promises that your yoke is easy and your burden, our burden is light. And that God, that, that we just ask you to yoke up. I just ask you to yoke with people who need to sense there's someone else's neck under that yoke lifting weight off of our shoulders. And Lord, I just thank you so much that you love us so much like this. God, I pray that what your spirit would do in us would be nothing less than profound. And that, Lord, those who decide today to see if they can't hear your voice, that, Lord, you would speak to them and show them in miraculous ways that you will. In Jesus' name.